Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to the Album of the Week series presented by the Consequence of Sound Podcast Network. Back here in 2019, and I'm your host, Dedrick Hendricks. Every Friday, we break down and cut right to the chase and zero in on the most topical release of the week. And every week, I'm joined by a Consequence of Sound writer who's reviewed the album that's the most topical release. Good or bad, it's the album you need to hear. And on the first edition of 2019, we have Sharon Van Etten's new album, Remind Me Tomorrow. And it has been nearly five years coming up since her last release, Are We There? It is an absolutely fantastic album. If you guys go check out the review at consequencesound.net, Michael Rothman, who's going to be joining me here in just a minute or so, has an awesome review up for this new album, Remind Me Tomorrow by Sharon Van Etten. He gave it an A, and we're getting ready to find out why he gave it an A, why he loved it so much. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at DC Hendricks. Give Consequence a follow on Twitter as well, at Consequence. And the podcast Twitter is at AOW consequence as in album of the week consequence aow consequence and give michael rothman a follow as well editor-in-chief of consequence of sound and you can give him a follow at michael rothman so pretty easy social media profiles to remember now i think at this point michael and i have very similar music taste because you know coming to this album i haven't heard a lot of sharon van etten you know i heard a little bit of the last album are we there i know she was on twin peaks and i i listened to her interview as well um we have another podcast on this absolutely incredible Consequence of Sound podcast network, we also have Kyle Meredith with and Sharon Van Etten joined Kyle on that awesome podcast. You guys can subscribe to that one as well. Just go to consequencesound.net, click on the podcast tab. You got access. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play. And while you're there, subscribe to this one. iTunes, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are available to keep up to date. Every week, new episodes will be released. But this week, we have Sharon Van Etten's Remind Me Tomorrow. And I really enjoyed it. You know, this is another one. I kind of put this one in the same category as... As Kurt Vile's Bottle It In, um, where I didn't hear a whole lot of that artist solo. I'm approaching the album differently than maybe Michael has. So I, I believe Michael's a very big fan of Sharon. Um, so he's going into the album listening to it one way, and I'm going into it, you know, maybe, maybe a new fan, maybe not. The verdict is in. I'm definitely a fan of Sharon Van Etten. So let's go ahead and dig a little bit deeper into the new album. Let's find out the tracks we like, the tracks we dislike, kind of following the same format that's on at consequencesound.net. You know, we start with the lowdown, you know, the kind of the background information, the good that we enjoyed from the album, the bad, what we didn't necessarily enjoy, the verdict, you know, what do fans get from listening to this album? And then finally, essential tracks. What tracks do we think are most important for you guys to listen to, whether good or bad? So that's what we do here on the Album of the Week series. Again, I am your host, Dedrick Hendricks. So let's go ahead and bring in our guest for this edition of the Album of the Week series. This week's Album of the Week is Sharon Van Etten's Remind Me Tomorrow. And with an awesome review up at ConsequenceOfSound.net, we have Michael Rothman, editor-in-chief of Consequence of Sound, joining us right now on the Album of the Week. Michael, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. This is great. I, you know, I love when years start off with awesome, solid albums. Uh, that's my, my favorite thing to look forward to because, look, the beginning of the year is a dead time of the year for pop culture usually, even when film and sometimes with TV. Sometimes we get some good stuff with TV. But, <laughs> gosh, when you get that really good album uh, early on, it, it, it's a, it hits the sweet spot. And that, I'm excited to talk about the release today just because I think – 2019 is going to look pretty good if uh, if this is any indication. Music in general in January is dead. I mean, there's yeah. So it was really lightning 
to get this album to come out in January. I honestly couldn't tell you the last time an album of this quality has came out in January. Now that's I honestly that's not what I prepped for. Uh, for this show so if any somebody's probably listening like oh no remember back in 2014 okay so if you're listening back send your hate mail all right i gave our social media profiles out earlier so send the hate mail there uh if you got any but yeah this album is absolutely fantastic i started off kind of ranting and raving about it instantly um you know i heard a little bit of are we there um, which you began yeah. in the lowdown. Um, obviously, Sharon Van Etten's most recent album, and I believe it's been about five years since that release. But just kind of talk about, you know, coming into this new album that we both love. We'll we'll start there. And at this point, I think we have similar music tastes. I think it's safe to say that at this point. Um, oh. So, <laughs> well, it's been, you know, as you mentioned, like five years, uh, almost five years. I, I believe it's five years this May. But uh, in that time since she released Are We There?, I mean, she's done a lot. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's unfair to say that she's just been, you know, MIA or, or whatever. I mean, she's done, she did like the OA for Netflix. She did uh, David Lynch's Twin Peaks where she performed. And she actually met Michael Sarah. And mm-hmm. um, in our podcast uh, with Kyle Meredith a, a couple weeks ago, she talked about how like Michael Sarah led uh, to her discovery to Synth because they shared a space together. And, um, you know, she also had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she went to university to study and, you know, so she's been really busy. And I, and I, the, one of the things I, I, I'm very wary about when, so, when songwriters come back with an album and they're like, Oh, I've changed. And, you know, I went on this like sort of, uh, you know, journey or some sort of pilgrimage somewhere and, you know, really found myself. And I'm always wary about that. You know, I just, I, I'm always like, Oh, come on, just give me a break. Everyone says that everyone <laughs> changes its life, yada, yada, yada. But good God, like this is a total reinvention I feel. And I, you know, I likened it to kid a, um, or not kid a, but okay. Computer, mm-hmm. because it really does feel that like that leap that, that, that sort of, um, going from guitars to something just totally different. And, you know, I, I think with, going into this album, she definitely set up everyone for that departure, you know, and in all her interviews that she's um, been in uh, in the past few weeks leading up to this release, uh, she's, she's definitely hinted at this need or hunger to, to get away from the guitar, you know, it's that that she felt limited by the guitar. And um, because in addition to everything I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. she had also done um, some scoring work. So, it's kind of crazy to to think that, you know, all these facets of pop culture that she was tied in in her own lifestyle um, really did inform this this totally new sound for her and also these new perspectives because she's coming at a lot of subjects uh, with a new light. And and it's just interesting. I just I, I always again, I'm always so wary when people say that they've changed and this I just absolutely buy. I mean, it's a narrative that that's totally matched by everything you're going to hear on this album. Yeah, absolutely. And the first time, as we've mentioned on here before, if anybody has checked out any past episodes, you guys may you guys may have heard that both Michael and I are huge Twin Peaks fans. So that is oh, the first oh. time. <laughs> that was the first time I actually heard of Sharon, to be quite honest. So oh, coming really? in, yeah, and then I, I had to listen to Are We There? Um, after, you know, obviously seeing her in Twin Peaks, because I loved her performance in Twin Peaks, by the way. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Coming into this album, wasn't sure exactly what to expect. I mentioned earlier that you gave it an A, and we'll get into why. Yeah. We'll get into why you gave it an A right now. So let's let's start with what we loved uh, with the album. What was the good from you coming in to remind me tomorrow? 
Well, I'm a huge fan of John Coggleton. Um, I call him the Akeem Olajuwon of uh, producers in my review <laughs> because I just feel like he's this really great force to have with any creative. I, I feel he brings out the best in any creative that sort of, that seems to be in transition or seems to be um, at that crossroads. And, you know, he, and he's worked with so many, like, amazing artists, but the one that really comes to mind is St. Vincent. And there are a lot of sounds in here that I can see um, paralleling what uh, Annie Clark was doing, especially with, like, Strange Mercy mm-hmm. um, and how she, she uses, how she kind of evolved her own guitar sound. And, um, and I would definitely say that this is a more, uh, definitely a bigger leap than what um, he had been doing with Annie. But uh, th- this is, it's just, it's really does come back to the fact that like this is such a good match uh for van etten and because she had previously um produced stuff on her own and she had worked with the desner and the desners and um with this like you definitely get a sense that that like there there was a great partnership at hand and um you know she had talked about um in the liner notes for her uh for her album or actually in the press release for this uh she had brought uh uh congleton um uh, Nick Cave, uh, Suicide, Portishead, and I mean these are crazy ambitious sounds to for for someone who had been mostly doing like folksy country or alternative country, and you know so many people again they <laughs> not only do they say that they've changed, but they always try to make that departure. They always try to make that leap, and especially in like more electronic sounds, and yeah. they, 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 it doesn't always work, yeah. and it always feels forced and. You know, it, 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 it's disappointing because it not only um, feels like too much of a departure, but it also doesn't feel like a suit that they should be wearing. Um, and I've seen that happen to so many acts before. And, yes. you know, with this, it just, this really does match. And, you know, I think when you listen to songs like No One's Easy, no One's Easy to Love, which is early on in the record, I think it's the second track, you know, she even says, like, too much has changed. And, you know, she, she sounds as if she's singing, like, from... Like I say, it's like from a spaceship from earlier seasons of the X Files, but only because it just reminds me of like all the flourishes of of Mark Snow's music, and you know we mentioned like um, Twin Peaks before, but she also sounds like she's kind of like kind of floating above like Angelo Badalamenti's like scores also, and it's just it's such a gorgeous bed of music that um, it is it's just coming from a place I had never thought she would be at, and that's so early on in the album, and it carries through. I mean, there's so many tracks on here that find her at different angles and you know like memorial day there's like that trip hop sort of feel that absolutely connects to you know her portishead influences that she had going in this album and especially something like jupiter four which is just i mean i would i would almost say it's like that that's the closest approximation of her trying to do her okay computer type thing it's an epic i mean it really is the most epic song that she's ever released because um, there's just so many layers to it, and and yet it doesn't it doesn't break away from that sort of minimalistic um, ambience that she has throughout, you know, from front to back, and uh, you know, so early on in this album, you get the sense like, oh, holy shit, like this is this, this is a total change, and this is somebody that that is maybe coming to her own, but also just she's still slightly familiar at the same time. It's it's kind of hard to explain. I the best way I looked at it was it's um, with like a metaphor where she's swinging on a rope. Um, and she's going to somewhere else, but she's kind of carrying the rope with her, you know, and so they can, she can kind of swing back because there are moments in this album where she does go back, you know, and she does have that sort of um, 
as you mentioned, like there are like hints and teases of Ari there here. And I think it's because, you know, whenever she does work with the piano, which she has in the past, like that is going to be something that's like a solid foundation for her to stand on. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, I can't, I can't stress enough how, how much, um, I love this departure, but what I really didn't expect was to a, not only find in, in a potential album of the year this early in yes. January, but also a potential song of the year. Uh, because what I, what I really love, you know, is her attempts with new wave on 17. I've gushed about this track, I think, at least three times already on Constant Voice Sound. And it was like one of those songs where you hear it, the, the minute it starts, you kind of like get that feeling where you're like, okay, this is, this is going to be a really, really fucking great song. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, by the end, you're like, I, I need to hear this like five times right now. And I need to hear this every day for the next like three or four months before I get tired of it. And then I go back to it two months later and do the same thing. Like this is an instant favorite. And I can't say that for any of the songs that she's had in her career. And I love Sharon Van Etten. Like this is like, this is like up in like, like in all my friends, like by LCD sound system or like um, temptation by new order, like that, these type of songs that you just, that are going to play late at night and they're going to make you feel like, like like you're alive like you it's it's almost like lord's green light in a way like yeah. it's it's got that sort of like internal spirit that just makes you like um just just relish being a human being that's like yeah. like amidst this world i know that sounds so like um <laughs> too poetic and too crazy <laughs> and, and like uh, interstellar there but no, I get uh, that's just how i get from this this song and it's it was so exciting to hear this on this album that's already exceptional anyway yeah i seen i actually seen cuz prepping for this interview i seen her performing on kimmel um, which yeah. was, oh man, it was fantastic. Um, oh, good. <laughs> and hearing, hearing it both ways now. And it's just, it, she's a phenomenal live performer as well. I mean, oh, yeah. have you, have you, uh, cause I haven't got a chance to look yet. Does she have any like tours she, she's announced yet for this? Yeah. She's going to be on tour, uh, as early as this spring. I mean, she's going to be here in Chicago, uh, for Valentine's day. So that's going Ooh. to be very nice for me. <laughs> Ooh. My girlfriend and I are very excited for that one. Yes. <laughs> I might, uh, I might have to make that couple hour trip, man. That's a, uh, Hey, you should, Valentine's you day. should, that would be fun. <laughs> man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I seen, I seen her perform 17 on Kimmel, but an- another thing I wanted to bring to your attention, you mentioned a couple of my favorite tracks already. You mentioned 17. You did mention no one's easy to love in Jupiter four, but, and you, you nailed it as well when you said there's hints of are we there um and i th- I, th- I thought it started right off the bat with track number 1 with i told you everything mm-hmm. i was like yes this is this is exactly what i was expecting um i actually really love that one i know you didn't go too much into detail on i told you everything but I, we've all been through you know the rough breakup stage i i kind of felt like that's what she was trying to aim for you know she's just t- I told you everything, you know, we, I think she even mentioned the song, you know, we've made love. I think she used a different analogy, but it's like, we've all had those moments in relationships. Sitting at the bar, I told you everything. You said, holy shit.
Yeah, she. I love when she says, like, we knocked knees as it started. That's what, we yeah. held hands as we parted. Like, that's just, uh, that's, like, such a good image. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a great image. And she does this thing that I really love with, with her songs where she always inserts dialogue um, as if, like, you know, and it, and it makes sense considering she, she has, like, a cinematic background as well now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, in, at one point she's, you know, right in the beginning, she's, like, sitting at the bar, I told you everything. You said, holy shit, you almost died. Like, there's just, you get stories out of that, like out of her songs that that go beyond just kind of applying yourself to them. Like, I mean, and I, I'm not a very heavy lyric lyrical person. You know, I I've, I I do go back to lyrics. Um, you know, once I start falling in love with the music, and right. um, you know, like my favorite band is The Replacements, and one of the things I love about them is this this idea that you could always insert. They're they're so relating um, all their all their stories, yet they're also so singular. Like they th- these stories could have only happened to you know four guys that lived in the Midwest and growing up in Florida. I didn't really understand what that meant, and <laughs> when I finally came here, I really did understand that. And I also, in hindsight, realized like, oh, okay, well, yeah, like these are universal themes. Like this is why when being in South Florida, I was able to be attracted and connect to this type of stuff, even if I really had never grown up in a frozen like environment. Like they talk about so much in all their music. So with Sharon Van Etten, what I love about this is that she's so personal and so intimate in all her songs, but she does the thing that makes movies so relatable is that she creates this atmosphere that you're able to just really step into and you're really able to kind of relate on multiple levels, not just lyrically, but also just kind of like spiritually with what she's doing. And God, I sound like a, a guru or something like that. God, I, I just saw, apologies <laughs> if I sound so ridiculously poetic today, but I, it, no, it I just, love it. I love, I, I just love like this, this, these worlds that she creates. And I, and, and if I, if I sound like too precious with it, it's only because it's just the stuff, like you said, it does really hit you in an emotional way. Yeah. And yet if you look at it lyrically, just like, like black and white, like, this is so personal. Like, like these dialogue, these dialogues is like that she has in here are, are so like intrinsic to her own experience. And yet you listen to this stuff and it, and it feels as if you're just sitting there watching that happen. And I, I think that's like a powerful quality of her songwriting that really comes into fruition um, now on this album, because it is so like epic and atmospheric and more than usual. My favorite song, and I, I don't think you wrote a whole lot about this in your review. So this is this is uh, not really breaking news, but I haven't got your opinion <laughs> on this. So um, my actually personal favorite song from the entire project is the le- very last one. I like Stay. Yeah. smooth jam um it it just i feel like i could just play that doing anything like i could play that one cleaning the house um i could play that one driving in the car maybe coming to chicago to see her on valentine's day uh i can i could play it anywhere man i just really enjoyed it and it had a little bit of a rock sound to it and you know i'm a rock guy i felt like it was Mm -hmm. uh had that little edge to it uh what'd you think of stay man that was my personal favorite one i absolutely love that one 
No, it's 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 an ex- exceptional song. I mean, the pro- the hardest part about the reviews that we have on our site is that they're formatted in a way that like you really do chisel it down to like the essentials to like what you want to talk about. But yeah. with this album, I mean, like this is ten tracks that are essential. Like, I, there's not one song in here I <laughs> do not like. It's just with this one, I really I I do love this song a lot. Like, I and I love the the message it leaves at the end where yeah, you know, she says you will let me go astray, you will let me find my way, you you love me either way. And it's, yes, it's like she's being specific and intimate about, you know, relationships and yeah. to, her, to her, own, her own identity and to what's actually happening in her own life, but you could also kind of pair that with what, this, what the, the listener's going to have with this relationship to this album. I mean, she's so self-aware with what this, about her own departure on this album that, you know, lyrically, she almost seems to be making these sort of um, uh, like commitments to the listener. Also, you know, like like she, there's so much running in this 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 album. You know, like so many images of her running or her going into um, some sort of darkness, like you know, trekking forward into the unknown, and her feeling comforted by that notion, uh, which is something that really hit me hard too, because I think right now in our current society, I think we tend to rely too much on like the comfort foods of the past yes. when we really do need to start sprinting towards in the future and actually have that sort of courage and, and, and bravery to do that. And I get the sense that like, you know, with regards to innovation and where she is uh, creatively, like she, she's saying something about her own identity with this album. She's saying that like, you know, you know she needs to move forward. She needs to, to have that sort of um, purge of the past and, and, and to embrace whatever darkness is that lies ahead and, and darkness doesn't have to be negative. It could be something, and, you know, it's just the absence of light. It just means that it's the unknown. It doesn't mean that it could be awful things that are up ahead. It's just, it's just the unknown. And for her to, to kind of embrace that unknown, especially to have, leave that lasting image on stage, just, it's such a perfect button to this album with what I feel she's actually trying um, to say. And, and again, it goes back to like that feeling she had when she was sitting at the, the, the guitar scoring those, those movies, that she needed to do something else. Like she needed to figure something she needed to, to, to take that next level. And I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think this is a really strong track. And, and, and again, it's, I, I'm a huge fan of closers. And I think anyone is like, I yeah. mean, to have like a, a, an emotional closer like this on this album is, was so poignant and, and so essential um, yeah. that I, I agree. I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great track. Definitely should have mentioned it more on the on the review, um, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was definitely my favorite track on the entire project. Obviously, there was a lot to choose from. And before we get to the bad, there's, as we mentioned, there's not a whole lot. I mean, you kind of have to dig a little bit to find, you know, you got to nitpick a little bit to find some small things here and there. But one more track I enjoyed that I enjoyed for a weird reason, and mm-hmm. um, it was Hands, uh, track nine. And the reason yeah, I enjoyed awesome. it, yeah, reason I enjoyed it though, it's weird. It, uh, it just reminded me of a a dark scene from BoJack Horseman. Now I don't know if it's uh I don't know if the song is actually in it, but it just I don't know. That's what I pictured, and it was it just. But I'm sure that's the mood she was aiming for, though. It was kind of you know reflecting. It was you know a, a moment of reflecting, a reflection there. Uh, but what did you think of Hands, track number nine? I love hands because I think the hook is just really strong, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like th- there's just something like I mean, every one of these songs has has various hooks in it, but this one especially, like I love um, the um, the 
the, the chorus to this. Like, it's such, it's such a powerful chorus. And, you know, like, put your hands on your lover. I've got my hands up. Me no harm to one another. Put your hands up. Like, yeah. there's, it, it's just like a, it's, it's a really great chorus. And, like, I, they're like, the, the sign of a great album to me sometimes is when you could actually remember the, the individual tracks, like, by their names, too. And, 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 and so early on, you know, because I, I feel like, we're inundated by so much material these days, especially when it comes to streaming. And yeah. I feel like personality on an album gets lost because you tend to only remember, you know, one or two tracks. Like, 17 is such a great track that that would be the only song that, you know, ostensibly that could be the only song that I would remember this album, but that's not the case. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, even a few weeks into this, of having listened to it, I already can point out, like, remember every track on here. And that is just not the case all the time with a lot of albums. Like, I just, I, they tend to get just lost in the muck. And with this song, like, even, even though this is definitely, like, not one that I, I would obviously, I would put, like, in my, my top five or so, right. but right. I, I definitely remember key features of it. And this is the ninth track, the penultimate track. And, like, that's such a, I, I think that just speaks to the overall quality of the album that, like, they're, every part counts in this for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, that hook, that hook is just very, very catchy. You see that live. Yeah. Very catchy. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So to kind of nitpick a little bit, um, we both can probably agree that there's not a whole lot wrong, um, to pick from, from this album, but what were some of the things that, uh, may have been categorized as bad for you in this review? You know, I, I really struggled in this because, I'm the type of person that like when I fall in love with something, like I go all in, I, I just obsess and it, it, it's, I do get very, um, I get tunnel vision, you know? Um, and I, I do admit that I will absolutely, um, put that forward. Um, but I, I do feel that, 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 you know, that never changes with me. You know, that's only, it's very rare for me to actually become so like obsessed and love something so much to, for me to step back ever really and say like, Oh, well, I kind of was wrong here. I didn't really like that. Like every, every once in a while that happens. But with this one, like I, I just, it was really hard for me to find something that like I could call like, you know, um, you know, or I could dismiss, you know, like for, for me, I guess the only thing I, I really acknowledge is that for some that really do love her folksy sounds, they might feel left out. You know, like they, I could see them being put off by this. I mean, I've, I've shared this with a few uh, friends just by playing them around the house. Mm. And I do notice that a lot of them who really do love her music and has seen her every time that she's gone on tour, they were a little um, put off by it. Like they were like, what, this isn't like, you know, I kind of want the the strumming and yeah, exactly. And like, (laughs) and that, that I could see that being like detrimental to some people that like, that want that, that sort of sound that they fell in love with or who I fit. My argument to that is like, it's still there. I mean, like mm-hmm. you can't listen to Malibu and not like think that, well, this sounds like something that could have been off of Are We There. I mean, I mean it's definitely a little bit more layered mm-hmm. um, and it has that Coggleton touch, but you know, her voice doesn't change. Like she still has that sing speak song, like falsetto and you know, the meditative piano is something that she's been working on for, for years now. So I don't know. I, that that was the only thing I could think of that could be detrimental to this album is is it's expectations, you know, and that's something that every artist is going to have to contend with. I mean, we reviewed Smashing Pumpkins together like a few you know a few months ago, and mm-hmm. that's something that Billy Corgan has had to like battle forever. Like when Adore came out, which is a very similar album to this, I would say, um, they all the fans were like, well, "What happened to the guitars? Where's Jimmy <laughs> Chamberlain?" and you know all this other stuff, and and I think that 
those type of fans could easily be pissed off with this album. And I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really say that it's negative, but I could see that as being a negative for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before, before we get to the verdict and the essential tracks, I just, I love how when we're like uh, imitating or mocking someone, when we uh, like, Oh, what happened to the guitar? I like how we use the same voice every time. Yeah, like, do you know, yeah. do you notice that? Like everyone sounds the same when we imitate them and mock them. Uh, I know. I wonder where it started. Like, it, it had to have been like some comedian or somebody in a movie that did that before. You know, like that. I as a kid, I just saw and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's kind of a funny way to like present that." Um, oh, that is true, though. Yeah, I love it because <laughs> um, I do the same thing. But yeah, so let's let's get let's get into the verdict and essential tracks. What you got on here on the remind me tomorrow? Uh, essential tracks. If you're going to walk away with uh, any tracks off this album, I I mean, seventeen. I praise nonstop. Um, no one's easy to love is also a, just a, it's a right there as a second favorite. I just, I love that. Yes. It kind of reminds me of, um, I'd mentioned Mark Snow and I mentioned Angelo Badamante, but it also kind of reminds me of like flight of the navigator, that old Disney movie. It just, it, it's got that soaring, um, atmospheric quality to it. That just, uh, it kill, also Moby. It kind of reminds me of like Moby's play a little bit, yeah. but, um, so I love that song and, uh, Jupiter four and you shadow, like you shadow is just like, she played that also on Kimmel last night. Mm-hmm. So people that, that that have watched that performance or sought out the songs online um, might have already heard it already. And um, and that's I think that's going to be a real killer track live too. And like her performance of it on Kimmel was amazing as well. So yes. um, for me, those are definitely like the the four tracks that I just worship off this album right now. Yeah. So I I mean obviously seventeen. It would be number one. You mentioned that. Uh, I also liked you, Shadow. I mentioned Stay earlier. Like I mentioned, that was my yeah. favorite. That's my favorite one. I had to throw it on there. And uh, I told you everything um, is, the, is another one mm. that I would add. I really enjoyed that. I thought it kicked off the album very well. Um, and yeah. just the vibes all the way throughout the rest of it. We really enjoyed it. So we both, it's hard for me to give albums A's. It's yeah. just really hard. But <laughs> I I mean, at the, at the worst, I guess, B plus. Um, is what is what yeah. I would give it, um, but yeah, overall, both agree. Um, it was it was absolutely fantastic. But what what do you think, fans? You know, either like like there's some people like me that maybe haven't heard of Sharon a whole lot from Sharon Van Etten, or and what do you also think that fans that are a fan of Sharon are getting from this album? You know, I think the the fans that I, I it's weird now because it used to be that albums when you had to pick out albums at the record stores, like you kind of want to pick out the best one, you know, like when yeah. I got into Bruce Springsteen ages ago, I remember, um, I asked my dad or something like that. I was like, well, what's the album to get? And he was like, well, you know, darkness on the edge of town is really great. And so I started there, but I almost feel like albums nowadays are kind of like, especially with streaming services, are we act the same way as the way we do. We've been shows. We're, you know, like, why not start at the beginning, you know, like, because it's all there. Absolutely. Um, so I think I, I almost feel like what, what's great about this album then is that if you start from the beginning, especially if you're a new Sharon fan and say you heard 17, you're like, Ooh, I like that starting from the beginning and going forward. I think you really do get to see some sort of linear narrative going on because she's so unsure and so, and so speculative in some of the earlier records, um, that, to see her trajectory and where she's at now, I feel like it's a great binge stream for this album, for, 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 for her discography, for sure. Um, as far as 
fans that have been um, around for a while. I think this is great. I think this is something that, you know, she, she needed to do. And I think that the fans that really do kind of respect her as an artist and like where she's been building up to, you know, from like from Tramp to Ari there to this, especially because this arc definitely has like a, like musically, like there, there is an arc there. And I think that diehards will appreciate that. And, and also kind of appreciate where this might take her. I mean, I didn't put this in the review, but one of the graphs I did delete was um, the the fact that this is going to open doors for her in ways that I don't think her previous albums did before. I mean, I look at this almost in the same way that Tame Impala's Currents made um, Kevin Parker, uh, a lot, you know, able to start playing at some of the more electronic festivals or like even like hip hop festivals. Like I think that there's there's a there's a quality to the music here that transcends the sort of rock you know, genre rock festival. And I, I think that, you know, I would be surprised if she starts opening up for, you know, even like some, some more pop artists or like if she started opening up for like, say nine inch nails, like mm. that, this album warrants that for sure. Like there's something crazy about that. Like, like if you told me five years ago, like, oh, Sharon Van Etten's going to be opening up for, um, for uh, Trent Reznor or, um, you know, my ability Valentine is going to be going on a reunion tour and she's going to have, you know, a, a gig with them or something like that. Like I would have been like, okay, that's crazy. But now that's totally a possibility. And like, I could even see her, you know, doing something with like Sky Ferreira or like if they, if they wanted to go do, do a tour together. I mean, there's this sort of like anti-pop quality to it that is just right in my wheelhouse, which is probably why I'm like so freaking obsessed with this album. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that either way it's a win-win. Um, I think, uh, I, I hope that people aren't too detracted from it. Um, you know, uh, I definitely gave it to my brother and he was a little bit, um, I gave, you know, a few songs and, and he was just like, I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know if I'm like feeling this right now. And I, I'm, my thing is I feel like people are going to turn, uh, you know, turn around on it. You know, I think like it's one of those things where it's, it will become kind of like the, the norm for her, but I don't know. It's, if anything, it does set her up for, big heightened expectations for the next album. Cause if using the Radiohead comparison, like after okay, computer and kid a and granted, they were still able to match those expectations. But God, when you go that electronic route, it, it opens a lot of doors, but then it also yeah. kind of creates some sort of ceiling too. Cause you're like, well, what's next? What else? Like, what, yeah, do what, we what do I yeah, do now? What do exactly. I do now? Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's so. where that's obviously the next question for her. Cause this album She's raised the bar. That's for sure. That's that's putting it very yeah. lightly. This album, I think I compare this one to the Kurt Vile album, Bottle It In, that we did for the album of the week last year. I, I think yeah. when it first came out, people were like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling this right now. I, I don't I don't know if I like this yet. But I think over time, I think people are going to find out and really, you know, we'll be able to take it in and really enjoy it. And I think that's going to be the same thing for this album. Remind me tomorrow by Sharon Van Etten. So Michael, editor in chief of Consequences Sound, man. Hey, what you got, what you got coming up for yourself? Well, we're, uh, you know, finishing up things over at the Losers Club. I uh, co-host the Stephen King podcast on uh, the Consequence Podcast Network. And uh, we are, we just wrapped Misery. So we're moving forward into our next book, which is the Tommy Knockers. And then over on uh, yeah. Halloweenies, we uh, we just wrapped up a whole year talking about Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise, and in February we're going to be going to Elm Street to talk about Freddy. Ooh, so, you know, yeah, the classic. Uh, excited. Yeah, you got very me, excited. You got me ready. Too bad I gotta wait. Yeah, 
Got to wait like everybody <laughs> yeah. else. You, you can give me a little sneak peek uh, behind the scenes, but no, in all seriousness, we got I got to wait just like everyone else. So guys, just stay tuned. <laughs> we got tons of stuff available. Michael, thank you so much for joining me here to help review and dig a little bit deeper into this Remind Me Tomorrow by Sharon Van Etten. Thanks so much, man. Hey, I always love talking to you, Dedrick. Absolutely. Great stuff as always. Michael Rothman, editor-in-chief of ConsequenceOfSound.net. Fantastic stuff. We're both loving this new album, Remind Me Tomorrow, by Sharon Van Etten. Keep up to date. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. iTunes, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are available. You guys definitely want to keep up. We are back bigger, better than ever with this podcast, and you can only keep up to date by subscribing. That's the only way. You got to keep up to date. Every Friday, we have a new episode and a new topical release for our album of the week for you guys to check out again, good or bad. It's the album that you need to hear right here on the album of the week series on the Consequence of Sound podcast network. So that'll do it for this week. And we will talk to you guys next week with another album of the week. Consequence Podcast Network.